Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio for this Wednesday, February the 16th. We thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio today is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. All right, um, folks, if you want to watch us on the Internet, check us out at Today's Issues for Facebook. Today's Issues for Facebook. What about YouTube? Well, as of right now, we're still in YouTube timeout. Um, they told us to go to the corner for... Because uh, they disagreed with uh, something we said. Unspecified violations of their company policy. We're supposed to figure out what we did. Right. <laughs> so, hopefully, uh, we, we were given a seven... Brenton, is that right? They told us seven days? Seven days, yes, sir. We should be, should be back tomorrow. Okay, so for those we'll, of you who... We'll as long as we don't do anything stupid today, right? Talk, you know, say right. something they don't like. Chew gum on the radio or something. <laughs> we don't know what we did, but uh, anyway, we have an idea. Yeah, but uh, we will um, be hopefully be back streaming on YouTube tomorrow. Now, uh, as I said, coming in the next little bit. I don't know, a few weeks or a couple months. I don't know exactly when we'll be able to do this, but we're working toward having our own live streaming of this show yes and other shows yeah, and other shows that uh, that we host so that we can't be banned or put in time out from, well we uh, actually would have the power to do that tim we, we could put we ourselves could, in we time put, out we could put ourselves in time out if we say something we disagree with <laughs> <laughs> it would make as much yeah, sense that's as a, what yes that's YouTube an interesting thought there yes. Ed. Now, we do have a streaming service uh, right now, but we're not able to go live. But we have uh, – what, what's there? What's the website and what's there, Ed? Yeah, this is we're, – we're very proud of what we've got up there right now. Streaming.afa.net, folks. Streaming.afa.net. We have video content. We have uh, some films. We did early on with American Family Studios, did some films. Mostly it's going to be educational material, documentaries, cultural institutes, uh, those kinds of things. The God Who Speaks is there in his image. Two films we're very proud of. And you can watch uh, a great deal of that content for free. You simply go there and sign up for an account. You have to use your email address. But then if you become a Great Commission partner with AFA, and that means that you're giving switches to monthly, uh, you become uh, a Great Commission partner and have access to everything we have available uh, at uh, AFA Streaming. That's streaming.afa. Not screaming. Not screaming. I'm sure the Southern Poverty Law Center does some screaming at some of that, but (laughs) streaming. Dot afa.net all right so uh, before we jump into what we plan to talk about i have to ask you guys what w- president biden keeps saying war is imminent with between the ukraine and russia russia the ukraine and russia keep saying no it isn't 
So what gives here? What's going on here? Well, and I've heard different reports. Some say that uh, Russian troops, some Russian troops are drawing down, moving away from the border with Ukraine. But uh, some members of NATO uh, officials have said we have not seen any withdrawal of U.S., uh, I mean, of uh, Russian forces. That comes from the NATO Secretary General, uh, Jen Solt uh, Stoltenberg. He, he said, uh, claims that Russia is drawing down some of his troops, 150,000 troops there, no small amount. Uh, they've not seen evidence of it. So I don't so, even know, I don't even know if that's true. Okay, so is, pre uh, I got, is President Biden being prudent here in warning Americans to leave and talking up the idea of a war between an imminent war between Russia and Ukraine, or and we're about to get into potential more time out <laughs> from big social. Yeah. Or could it be Biden just playing everybody here, Biden and his team, so that he looks like he made Putin draw back? And he prevented war from happening. I think it can be both. I, th I think the Biden administration is probably doing the right thing. I mean, $150,000, I mean, $150,000, $150,000. off my house <laughs> if you got that kind of money. Uh, 150,000 troops is no small thing. The Russians claim it's maneuvers. Uh, it may be, but it seems as if the Russians are trying to make a point with a threat, a legitimate threat of the invasion of Ukraine. You, The Biden administration cannot be seen in terms of foreign policy as being sloppy again, like it was with Afghanistan. So it's probably prudent to tell Americans, you better leave. We don't know what the Russians are going to okay. do. So that's prudent. But at the same time, I think the Biden administration, like probably all political entities, all administrations are also saying, how can we improve our dismal ratings in the polls? Well, how about we look like we're... Uh, standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with Russia and Vladimir Putin, and we've got our hackles up, and we're telling Putin, no, if you invade, there'll be severe consequences. So if if the Russians do pull back, if it does turn out to be maneuvers, it'll look like we backed them down. I go with door number two. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the Biden administration is looking for a victory, is looking to say, look, we stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Putin, and uh, he doesn't invade, and we're heroes. He, he doesn't what, invade because he's worried about Biden and company. Yeah, I, I don't think Putin is looking for that kind of fight. I think he's very good at showing strength. I think if he wanted to, he could anytime he wanted to. Uh, I don't think you're going to see NATO troops go in and try to defend the Ukraine. I don't think that's going to happen. You've got NATO troops that are kind of surrounding the Ukraine right now. Biden said again yesterday during a briefing, there's not going to be any American soldiers on Ukraine soil, period. Mm -hmm. uh, we're giving them weapons to defend themselves. That is going to be the extent. By the way, what Biden did say yesterday, if Putin was to go in, then the, uh, the pipeline from Russia going to Germany, that project is dead. And he warned the American people, Biden did yesterday, you'll have to uh, endure even higher gasoline prices if that was to happen. And, and let me just say this so that, that we can be fair here. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think President Biden is doing the right thing. 
by telling the Russians, if you plan on invading Ukraine, mm -hmm. there will be sanctions. Mm -hmm. The world will not forget. That's mm -hmm. the kind of language that Biden has been using. That's the right thing to do. Uh, you want you want to make sure this doesn't explode into a, another European war. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's doing the right thing. I think there is also tossed into it self-interest. Yes. And I'm not blaming, even blaming him for that. The Biden administration's uh, the faith the American people have in the Biden administration is becoming almost non-existent. They do need a victory. So I, 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 who knows what goes on in the halls of the White House there with this current administration, uh, but they are in desperate need of a win. And if Russia withdraws, it could look like a win for Biden. But it wasn't about a week or 10 days ago, they were acting like the Biden administration that any hour now. Yeah. There could be, there will be, there will be. They're say, they're continuing to say that, yes. but they're saying it could be any hour, it could be in a day, could be a week. But before the last week, they were saying, remember, they were saying it would might be before uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. The previous weekend, they were saying any hour now. Mm -hmm. All right, Fred, what do you got leading the other news stories there? My new coffee cup says it all. My new coffee cup says, proud member of a small fringe minority with unacceptable views. Hold, hold it up there so some of the folks watching on. Yes. It's on, red and white, the Canadian Facebook. colors. So, yes. Did somebody send that to you? It has a Canadian flag. My daughter ordered this. Uh, Amazon is selling these cups. They're actually, what they're quoting is Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada, who referred to the trucker convoys, the Freedom Convoy truckers, has a small fringe minority with unacceptable views. Thus, what it says on the cup. Everybody is talking about this. Ben Shapiro, we have a column on American Family News today on this about Trudeau because he's invoked what's called the Emergencies Act in Canada, uh, which basically was brought in several years ago as giving the government of Canada great powers over terrorism. And so this is the first time it's actually been invoked uh, since it was brought in as a policy in Canada. And a lot of people are just shaking their heads. Wait a minute now. These are a bunch of truckers. They're not opposed to vaccines. We have to keep saying that. They just think the mandate should end. In other words, that you're going to force people out of a job uh, because they don't get a jab. Right. Period. So this is what this is about. So uh, a couple of days ago, he invokes the Emergencies Act. As I say, a lot of people talking about it. Ben Shapiro in the column on American Family News today. Also, Tucker Carlson, his monologue last night. He says Canada is now a dictatorship because of the powers that this gives Prime Minister Trudeau. And uh, according to Tucker Carlson, the kind of thinking that Trudeau has put into this, Tucker Carlson says... He draws some similarities to policies of the Biden administration, and he fears the same kind of thinking, same kind of action is coming here to the United States. Cut number two. What happens there matters here. If nothing else, it's a preview of what will likely happen in the United States. So with that in mind, you should know that Justin Trudeau is no longer the prime minister of Canada. Justin Trudeau is Canada's maximum leader. It's strongman, it's cardio, it's potentate. Justin Trudeau is the dictator of Canada. If you think that's an overstatement, try to think of another way to describe what Justin Trudeau is now doing. 
For the first time in Canada's history, Trudeau has invoked what's known as the Emergencies Act, though the protests he is facing hardly qualify as an emergency. But suddenly, Justin Trudeau has the power to crush all political opposition to his rule, and that's exactly what he's doing. Trudeau has ended free speech in Canada. He's banned free assembly. Trudeau's government has shut down political rallies and arrested his political critics without probable cause. Trudeau has instituted internal passports that restrict travel within Canada to the politically obedient. Canadians are no longer allowed to leave their own country unless they obey Justin Trudeau. And if they don't obey, they could be bankrupted and destroyed. He now has the power to do that. Trudeau has claimed the power to freeze the financial assets of any Canadian who resists him. No court order is required to do this. He just decides. So that was Tucker Carlson last night. Now, right at the very last there, he referred to the financial penalties that Trudeau announced as part of uh, the invoking of this Emergencies Act. Basically, it gives the federal government of Canada the power to freeze the financial assets of anybody involved in these protests and even goes beyond that to those who would contribute to uh, a fund to help the truckers. To that point, uh, he had his uh, deputy prime minister, Christia Freeland, uh, go into the financial penalties yesterday during his announcement. Cut number one. We are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. The illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. Now, why are people like Ben Shapiro here in the United States and Tucker Carlson Why are they focusing in on this? Because they see characteristics within the Biden administration of wanting to do the same kind of thing, going after political enemies. What are we talking about? Just a few days ago, we talked about this Homeland Security memo that was put out last week uh, with regards. And of course, you remember what the headline was, summary of terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. What was one of the examples they gave? The poor the proliferation, reading from this memo, Homeland Security memo, of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. For example, there is widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. You're reading directly from the memo put out by the United States Department of Homeland Security. Correct which is headed up by the uh, 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 Secretary Mayorkas. Is Correct. that his name? Correct. He's the, he's the inept, um, how should I say it? Um, Guy in charge of securing our southern border, doing a great job. That's a nice way. Thank you for saving, <laughs> thank you for saving me, Ed. I, I mean, Fred, excuse me. So, yeah, it's uh, what, what you're pointing out that that kind of language used by the United States Department of Homeland Security mm-hmm. is the same type of thing as Justin Trudeau is implementing and, and enforcing in uh, in Canada. That is to go after people who have for their viewpoints, correct? For their for their 
worldview for their speech. Now, let me ask, which is, that's very dangerous, what uh, Mayorkas put out there. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that some more uh, with maybe uh, Abe coming up at the bottom of the hour. But let me ask you this, um, Fred. Um, what, uh, what, what is it? Do you know what it looks like in Ottawa? That's the capital of, of Canada. Are, are they, is, is, uh, Trudeau seems to be go beyond, Hey, get your trucks out of the streets. Right. He's talking about, which would be, I think a more, um, lawful, uh, addressing of a, of a problem. Rather than he's going after the truckers for their message, for what they're saying, correct, for what they believe, they have the wrong viewpoints, as you quoted him from saying here, unacceptable views. That's when it goes scary. Yes, and it becomes for Canadians and 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 people in the West. They look at that and go, "That's that's not only un-American, that's undemocratic." So um, that that's what we're really discussing here. It seems to me, Ed, do you, do you agree with me? If, if Trudeau would focus on, okay, guys, let's get the trucks uh, out of the streets, and then, we can, then we'll sit down and, and, and talk. I, maybe he doesn't even want to talk. It doesn't even sound like he wants to talk to these guys. Well, Justin Trudeau, like President Joe Biden in this country, they're both dividers in chief. Okay, They both talk like and say they want to unite the country, but what this really is is a manifestation of, of a war of worldviews, and the people in power are trying to crush dissent. Let me tell you, there, there, there are a lot of people on both the right and the left, which I would, uh, and by the left, I mean old school liberals, who warned about the powers that were granted in Western nations after 9-11. Yes. To combat terrorism, which at the time was looked like an existential threat to democratic nations all over the world. There were voices on the right and the left that said, you better be careful about granting this amount of power to a centralized federal government because it could be turned against political enemies. And what we have seen in this country and in Canada, okay, Fred, with the examples that you have uh, very ably uh, uh, put, uh, put out there for our listeners, what you have is... The federal government in both countries and their leaders using the words domestic terrorism to describe people who disagree politically with them and now are like jackbooted thugs are using the power, the immense power of the centralized governments to crush, crush their political opponents. And that's, that's why it is not going too far. When Tucker Carlson says Justin Trudeau is is a dictator, he's using powers granted to go after real terrorists or organized use, crime or organized crime and going after people like these truckers. It's treating them like either terrorist, uh, like nine eleven, uh, the, the, the the you know people who put that together threats, he, he, or he's treating the truckers like this of the freedom. Right, convoy, uh, or, or he's treating them like the mob, which, yes. is what, which Amer American uh, RICO laws are designed to go after organized crime, i.e., the mob, for example, or cartels, that kind of thing. 
So they're using those laws. That's what she, you, you just, that lady we were hearing a while ago, she was saying, uh, you know, we're going to shut down crowdfunding yep. for the uh, Freedom Convoy participants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't know. We have, Fred, uh, I don't want to dive in too much to the minutiae, but we do have constitutional rights here in the United States of America that are, are um, different than what you have in Canada. They can, Canadians Stronger don't here. have... Huh? They, they have a Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Okay. That's what it's called. And when you would read the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, it sounds very much like the Constitution of the United States. Freedom of assembly, freedom to protest. But what, what Trudeau has decided is these truckers, and the, these are his words, unacceptable views, Yeah, yeah. which goes... I would take this to a Canadian court and saying, wait a minute, you're in violation, Mr. Prime Minister, of our Charter of Rights. But right. now, you're has, allowed to have a now, different viewpoint. But now let me yeah. ask you this, since you're our resident expert on Canada, okay, what Justin Trudeau has done by uh, declaring emergency powers, does that set aside the Charter? Would this be like the President of the United States declaring martial law? In this country and setting aside constitutional yes, rights? Yes. And, and that's what he would argue if this goes to court, that these are unusual times. But what I'm saying, the facts don't back him right. up. Oh, absolutely. That's the problem. Again, just in case you don't know, what started this freedom convoy, as it's being called, is that Trudeau uh, implemented, the federal government uh, implemented a decree that a Canadian trucker returning from picking up a load in the United States, when he approaches the Canadian border, must prove he has been vaccinated or he has to pull the rig aside and sit for two weeks. That's insane. So it destroys their livelihood it, right. it destroy- for no reason, for no good reason. They are against the mandates. They are not. Right. Most of these truckers are probably vaccinated. Right, right. They are against the mandates. Yeah. And that's why so many hundreds of thousands of Canadians are behind these truckers. It's not that they're opposed to vaccinations. Right. They're opposed to mandates. Right. This And this is the concern, is that Trudeau is of the mentality, I will not tolerate anybody who goes against me. This is what makes it dangerous. My favorite United States Senator, John Kennedy of Louisiana, he had uh, uh, this assessment last night. I think, do we have time, Brent? All right, let's play that. Cut number four. Here's what I hear the truckers saying. They're saying, look, Mr. Prime Minister, we've been through two years of pandemic restrictions. Uh, Our lives have been turned upside down. Our livelihoods have been threatened. Our kids have lost months, maybe years from their education. You say follow the science, Mr. Prime Minister. Let's follow the science. We look around, we, we see the Omicron variant, its virulence waning. Most of us are have immunity, we're either natural or we're vaccinated. So what, Mr. Prime Minister, is your roadmap for getting government off our backs and allowing us to get back to normal? Here's what I hear the Prime Minister saying to the truckers. Look, truckers, Um, I'm smart, you're not. I'm educated, you're not. Um, I drink uh, caramel frappuccinos, you don't. I eat bacon-wrapped dates and tuna tartare. (laughs) You don't even know what that is. So sit down and shut up. Yeah, I think he nailed it. 
Uh, yes. did, did the senator from Louisiana, which, by the way, has a lot of uh, Canadian links. Yes. French. And, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So it, that's, you know, that's a, uh, that, that explains it. And it, Trudeau has done nothing but inflame the whole situation. Right. Yes. I mean, with his rhetoric, his language, his slandering mm-hmm. of these folks who are his fellow Canadians. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes. They, the, the, the protesters don't seem to be backing down. Nope. And uh, is, is this going to really come to the military, uh, perhaps, or the state police coming in and arrest, mass, arresting? Mass arrests. Yeah. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. Stay with us. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. If you like trips where you have to plan everything, then uh, maybe our tour is not for you. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman with American Family Association and American Family Radio. Of course, I'm talking about our spiritual heritage tours of Washington, D.C., Mount Vernon, and then a separate trip to Williamsburg, Virginia. But we take these spiritual heritage tours twice a year, once in June and once in September, And guess what? We take care of everything. All you have to do is, as they say, show up. Uh, Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, who is a historian, will be joining us for both tours. And uh, he will comment and tell you everything you need to know about the places, the times, the events that we will experience on these tours of Washington, D.C. and Williamsburg. For all the information... Just go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com for everything. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers. Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Brother, the technology company known for printers, is providing pro-LGBT books to preschoolers in Memphis, Tennessee. The company is donating books to a number of schools around the nation, including Kate Bond Elementary School in Memphis. The book giveaway held in conjunction with the National Education Association's Read Across America program. Now, the tech company encouraged workers to purchase books from an approved list of diverse and inclusive texts that were compiled to foster reading fun and cultivate compassion in young readers. Many of the books were about students of color, including a kid's book about racism and A is for activists. But it's the books about the LGT agenda that got critics wondering what's going on at Kate Bond Elementary School. Among the recommended books for the kids, Pride, the story of Harvey Milk and the rainbow flag, Heather has two mommies and pink is for boys. Certainly brings new meaning to the phrase reading rainbow. Oh, brother, I'm Todd Stearns. 
Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Issues is the name of this show. We thank you for listening to AFR. If you want to send us an email, go to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Tim Wildman here with Ed Battagliano and Fred Jackson, and we're joined now by our colleague, Abraham Hamilton III. Uh, Abe is the uh, general counsel for us here, and he's also the host of the Hamilton Corner each afternoon, which many of you listen to from 5 to 6 o'clock Central Time. Abe uh, training is in, well, he served in law enforcement. He also uh, is a constitutional attorney. Good morning, Abe. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? Broadcasting from the Hamilton Bunker. <laughs> yes. Huh? <laughs> Where sleep is something that has become a... Um, Relatively lost commodity. <laughs> Ted, Ted, give us the, give us the uh, if you walk out of that room you're in and back into the <laughs> the living room. The living room. What does it look like in there, Abe? Well, it is. If if the time is right, my daughter should be heading to piano class right now. My my wife should be taking her to, to her piano lessons. But if they have not left yet, I have six children, all of them under the age of eleven. My oldest is eleven. Uh, my youngest now is a month and a half, <laughs> and it is—it's a party nonstop. So when do you start to be a party? Uh, when do you start teaching them Latin? Because you do teach your kids Latin, right? Yes, yes. So they've been taking Latin. My oldest two have been taking Latin now for three years. So they started right at about eight and six. I—I've—I've I've told you this personally before. I'm going to say it now on the air. I'm very impressed with that. I had to take Latin in junior high school. There's a public school now, junior high school. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to an all-boys Catholic high school, I took uh, two years of Latin. And it was very, very helpful in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the English language when I took, you know. Anyway, it, it's it's very, very helpful. It's a foundational uh, language for, you know, the West. I- I'm very mm-hmm. string impressed. A string a sentence together for me, then. Go ahead. Oh, I, I can't speak. <laughs> I, I, I we we studied right out of uh, Caesar's uh, Gaelic Wars, and um, uh, Veni Vidi Vici. I think I came, I saw, I conquered is all I remember. But anyway, I'm, I'm very expression. impressed with the fact yeah. that uh, yeah. that Abe and his wife are instructed yes. teaching their kids Latin. They go to piano lessons. All you, all you need to tell me is that you, they're all black belts in karate, and I'm just well, going to say— They are. A couple of them are. Are, well, yeah. are they going one, to be? One, yeah, one of them is a third-degree black belt yeah. in taekwondo. I yeah. think what you need to do, Abe, <laughs> is you and your wife, in your spare time, is construct a curriculum— for you know, uh, f- f- for the the kinds of young people Christian families want their kids to be. Amen. 
you know, because it's this is the you know teaching. The well, I'm whole. already done with all that, so <laughs> it doesn't really affect me. Right, not my circus, my, not my monkeys. <laughs> not my circus. That's not what my Ed monkeys. told me earlier. That's right. But we were talking about something. Ed said, uh, "Not my circus, not my monkeys." And I said, "I never heard that expression." I don't know where before. my wife and I heard it, but it <laughs> meaning is our it's new not, expression. Meaning it's not my business. It's not my problem. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, my business. Gotcha, not my problem. Gotcha. All right. It uh, isn't, but it is in this sense, though, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Guess yes. what's coming in the future. Yeah, the ones who are being trained right now. Hey, amen. So, yeah, that's, yeah, so that's right. it 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 does have an impact, and yep. what goes on in my house is going to affect your grandkids. So, yes, we got we got, <laughs> but in uh, a good uh, way. Uh, uh, a little Hamilton way. Christian Constitutional that's warriors right. in there. Bring it, amen. All right, so uh, we had Abe to talk about. We usually have Abe to talk about a a legal issue. Uh, you want to. Who, which one of you guys want to pitch the first question to, Abe? Fred does. Well, Abe, I, I'm sure that you've been uh, keeping track of uh, this evoking of the Emergencies Act in Canada and what's that mean? what that means. One of the aspects of this is basically going after the finances of these truckers and even going after those who might contribute to a fund to help the truckers. So this is the government clamping down on those who have an opinion about what's going on in Canada with regards to their uh, COVID-19 restrictions, in particular the mandates. Uh, a lot of people in Canada, from the left, from the right, down here in the United States, uh, We Ben Shapiro has a column on our website today, American Family News website. Uh, Tucker Carlson was dealing with it last night. And they're saying they not only disagree with what Trudeau is doing and how dangerous it is, they're also saying, you better watch out, America. It could happen here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it could happen here. And I have no doubt about it that we have people in the political aristocracy in our country who would love nothing more than to do that. I mean, I, we just had the Department of Homeland Security's bulletin uh, to describe Americans who have concerns about election integrity and those who don't agree uh, with the branch covidians concerning COVID-19 as being domestic terrorist threats, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the whole purpose of that description is to employ all manner of what would be described as, is you know, um, espionage, all kind of other things to stop terrorism. That's how it's, it's being described. But the goal really is to to really crush political dissent. I, I, I really believe in and I was talking uh, to Miki about this and she said this to me and I agreed with her. Um that the way that the things that that the people who were who are being prosecuted for being involved in January 6th, um, I, I really believe she said this and I agree with her. I believe her the goal there is to really put a wet blanket on American citizens willingness to uh, petition our government for redress. Yes. You know, people who show up to protest, to express their their disapproval of what our government is doing. I think the ultimate goal is to send a, a shot across the bow to say, OK, if you dare do this, don't be surprised if you have FBI, uh, the FBI show up at your front door. And so I don't think it's beyond the pale uh, to be aware um, that these kind of things could happen here. Now, contrary to Canada, I think one of the things that aids us in being a bit more vibrous against these type of measures is our constitutional republic. The separate sovereignties of municipalities and states, uh, we have the opportunity, for example, in red states to fight against it uh, at, at the federal level. But make no mistake about it. I know that there are people in our country who would want to do some of the same things. All right. Let me ask you guys a hard question here. The, uh, I, I guess that the other side would present. So instead of allowing Ed to be the liberal 
<laughs> today. I will take that upon myself. Yeah, take that mantle. I'll take that mantle uh, because oftentimes in uh, discussions on topics here, uh, a lot of people are just are in echo chamber. Right. Which I like. Every once in a while, we just need an echo chamber so we can pat ourselves on the back. That's right. All right. So don't uh, don't throw things at me, uh, either physically or metaphorically. Metaphorically. <laughs> and listeners, don't shout at the radio when I bring this up. But let me, if I'm Justin Trudeau, absent his animus for the beliefs of the participants in the Freedom Convoy. Okay, I'm going to put that aside for just a minute. You cannot have your capital city congested with 18-wheelers forever. you got people, or innocent people are being, uh, can't move around, can't, can't get to the doctor's office, can't get their kids to school, have to go 20 miles, I don't know what it looks like exactly there, uh, to, and, and something that, to go to Walmart. That you, you see what I'm saying? It's disrupting people's lives who have nothing to do with the protest. So what would so isn't it the obligation? Fred's about to come unglued over there. <laughs> That's what I said. I knew this would raise y'all's ire. I'm not getting between. Uh, okay, but let me say, isn't it the obligation of the government in this case Trudeau? It's the capital city to make sure that the uh, roads and 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 highways are functionable for the citizens. Now, tell me, tell me, bl- blast that out of the water, Fred. Well, uh, here's the thing, and I'm not the first to say this, that Trudeau has played this poorly from the beginning. What these people are there for, again, they're not anti-vaxxers. They're just against the mandates. You have provinces in Canada. There are only 10 of them. You have provinces in Canada now, at least half of them, their premiers have said, we're getting rid of the mandates. All right, it's time. They are saying, the premiers are saying, we are following the science. It is no longer necessary. 80 to 85% of Canadians are vaccinated. We don't need the mandates anymore. If Trudeau had come out back now a week and a half ago and said, okay, guys, uh, what's the key problem here? They would have said it's the mandates. Uh, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, look at the science. Omicron has faded. This is not a problem. 85, 90% of Canadians are vaccinated. You have natural immunity. And besides, in our occupations, we don't even interact with people. That's right. That's what they would say the truck. And, and he could have said, you know what, guys, you're right. You know what? They go home. They would go home and start trucking out their goods again. That's what they would do. But he has been antagonistic using language like small fringe minority and people with unacceptable views. Now, if you want to just pour gasoline on a fire, you use that kind of language. He hasn't been smart about this at all. Okay. How about Abe? Uh, Abe, go ahead. Well, I mean, he hasn't been smart about it because his intention is not (laughs) to be smart. It's it's to crush it. You know, he's revealing his totalitarian leanings. And, uh, I mean, last I checked, I thought you have to, in a a freedom-loving society, the will of the people should be considered you know and I, I would i would like to know uh how many people in ottawa are they are there people that are complaining about not being able to get to work or are there there people who, who are saying these things or are these 
um, straw men being erected by the Trudeau administration in order to give cover for their draconian responses. I'm sure there there's some people, uh, but exactly how many people are complaining about the truckers presence as opposed to uh, what the protests are meant to convey? How long you have left before you got to go back into your <laughs> real world? Well, I, I can I can hang around. Okay, have, because have there's time. another topic we wanted to move on. Yeah, we wanted we wanted to move on to talk about one more topic. Okay. Yeah, and that is the uh, John Durham investigation. Um, how closely have you been following that, Abe? And our oh. our question is about uh, how if you're if you're Hillary Clinton. And the people in her orbit for the last 10 years and who supported her run for president in 2016, how serious a threat is this to the Clinton machine? I think it's a very serious threat. Um, I discussed this at length on my show yesterday and the day before, actually more detailed, the specific most recent pleading. Uh, Because most of the things I read concerning this were describing the pleading as a tangential filing. When when you read it, it actually is not a tangential filing. What John Durham filed most recently is a motion to the district court in in, in D.C. to require uh, Michael Sussman, who was a former Clinton campaign lawyer. You know, I'm not sure I say she shall never be president because that name is banned. Uh, no free speech for that name. Um, <laughs> but um, she, he worked for her campaign, was an advisor to her campaign, and he was a partner at the Perkins Coey law firm. What the filing was that John Durham made it was one requiring the court to advise Michael Sussman that the law firm that's representing him presents to him a conflict of interest because the same firm that's representing him is also representing other people who very well may be prosecuted and indicted with within the same ambit. So what Durham filed is says, Judge, these are the facts. Here are the parties that could present a conflict of interest. And if he is going to waive that conflict of interest, I don't want him to do it in private. He needs to come before you and say, I am 100 percent aware after having received counsel from an independent set of lawyers, not the current law firm, Latham and Watkins, which is a big firm in D.C., an independent set of lawyers to advise him of the full scope of what's presented there. Anybody who works in the prosecutorial realm, they know exactly what's going on here. He is sending a notice to Michael Sussman and their attorneys that you have one shot, my man. You have a shot to take this rap yourself, which more than likely is going to come with real prison time, or you can point us to the those further up the chain from yourself. It's very similar to drug prosecutions. When you get the low-level drug dealer on the corner, how, more likely than not, the law enforcement officers, the prosecutors would much rather get the supplier who's shipping the drugs in. It's very similar in this instance uh, because he's saying this is what's happening. And in the course of saying, I need you to put this knowing and intelligible waiver before the court, because I don't want to hear nothing about ineffective assistance of counsel once you're convicted, either at trial or through a plea bargain. There's no claim for ineffective assistance of counsel because you were warned up front. So it's putting him on notice that, hey, what are you going to do? Then it shows. And here's the type of evidence, Judge, I expect to show that to, sh- to show the campaign that this guy was working for. They were paying for a candidate for the presidency to be spied on and then even into the White House. That is going to it should send shockwaves into the Clinton orbit because it's revealing that they have hard and fast evidence that's pointing in their direction. To put it in layman's terms, ladies and gentlemen, what to John Durham, the U.S. attorney who is in charge of uh, investigating, if you will, he's special counsel slash prosecutor 
investigating the origins of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax <laughs> against uh, President Trump. What he's saying, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that, again, to put it in layman's terms, the Clinton campaign was spying on the Trump campaign and the Trump presidency. Yes. And I have proof, and I'm going to get to that later uh, in court. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he's saying. Okay. And he's saying that Michael Sussman lied to the CIA and and said that I have this information I want you guys to use to start the Russia, Russia, Russia thing. The, the CIA asked him specifically, are you working for anybody? Are you doing this on behalf of anybody? He said, no, mm-hmm. I'm just a good-natured citizen. Yeah, doing this however. While at the exact same time, he was billing the Clinton campaign yes. for Bingo. everything he was doing. Bingo, you talk about the smoking gun. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. That's a smoking gun right there. If, if you have billing records from this Sussman uh, attorney charging uh, the Clinton campaign for the work of the spying, <laughs> yes. To, again, to put it on layman's terms, then then uh, that's 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 bad news for the Clinton. Well, because uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Abe, the money that was being paid out was being paid out to a tech firm, which was conducting the spying, right? <clears throat> Going after the servers uh, of the Trump campaign and then the Trump White House. Is that right? No, the money was being paid from the campaign to Perkins Coey, the law firm. The law firm was paying the tech firm. Okay. All and right. it's the law firm that Michael Sussman was a partner at. So so theoretically, you could have uh, you could have multiple entities in serious trouble uh, with the federal with the law because that's money laundering, what you're just talking about right there. If you want to, if it's either, uh, well, it, it, am, am I right? I mean, you can. It, it, it's, it's not money laundering. The Clinton campaign was trying to give themselves a bit of plausible deniability and paying it through the law firm. But Sussman is also billing the Clinton campaign for the work he's doing, including his trip to the CIA. Yeah, he's got to be able to explain what the money's for. And whoever paid the tech firm, they, they're going to be asked, well, what were you being paid to do? I mean, everyone's going to be able to – because right, there's a paper right. trail. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going yes. to be able to explain what was being done here, and they're going to have to explain it under oath, right? And I'll tell you another thing about this story that bothers me. The whole thing does. But the way I've seen a couple of articles written on this – and, again, we're talking about Sussman is the main one of the main players here, okay, that – Durham is mm-hmm. alleging spied on, facilitated or at least spied on Trump campaign and the Trump White House. What 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 bothered me when I was reading this was this Sussman went to the CIA and or the FBI. I can't remember if he went to both to try to get them involved in going after Trump, saying he had illicit illegal dealings with a Russian bank and, and other things. And he went to them as just a private citizen. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, who uh, do you, you just, you just go into, Hey, yes. Uh, I'd like to have an appointment with a CIA director <laughs> or somebody underneath him. Cause I yeah. got some very important news I need to share that I've discovered. Yeah. It's him while searching Yahoo. Uh, 
<laughs> I've discovered on uh, the president or on the on the Trump campaign. Right. So who wants to listen to me? I mean, that's that's what it sounded like happened. Uh, and also, you add to this the whole deep state. The deep state, as I would describe it, in Washington D.C., are people who've been in the federal government for a long time. They are Democrats, and they 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 could not stand the idea of. Donald Trump being the president of mm -hmm. the United States and upsetting the apple cart in D.C. Mm -hmm. So they plotted against him in every way that they could to undermine his the legitimacy of his presidency. And we've seen, we saw many examples of this in the whole FBI uh, story having to do with uh, their, their non-investigation. you mean? Huh? From the Steele dossier. Those, and also yeah. not going after Hillary Clinton when she was using right. the server out of the bathroom. <laughs> and and I, I think we have to be mindful of the timing here because I believe in Durham's um, application here, he said they this firm, these tech firm, went and looked at the servers at the Trump Towers. The Trump Towers. Which is private property. What, but right. it was yeah. the place during the transition. So Trump had won the election. Barack Obama and his Justice Department are still in power until January. Right. When Trump moves into the White House. So what I'm if 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 I'm putting this together proper uh, properly, then the the Obama Justice Department had to know about this. And is it possible that? And we've heard this before, kind of. Uh, early on during the original investigation, that there were daily briefings in the Oval Office as to what was going on. And Joe Biden was in the Oval Office as vice president listening to this. Yes. So I, I think the circle could be bigger than Hillary Clinton. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, you also yeah. had you also had the uh, related to this and, and under the uh, umbrella of, uh, of a deep state definition in this case, you also had the abuse of the FISA courts. Yes. By yes. the, uh, was it the FBI, Abe? Yes. Okay, the abuse yes. of the FISA court. Yes. Remember that? The FISA court. Uh, yes. And then you had the acceptance of the Steele dossier, mm -hmm. which was a yes. sleazy, slanderous bunch of nothing that nobody could even verify that the FBI took as serious. And they knew it and didn't tell the FISA court. Yes, that's what I'm saying is by deep state, I yes. mean, they had an agenda where they were out to cut the knees off, uh, cut the knees out from under the Trump uh, campaign and new administration. Related to this, we'd also be the setup of General Flynn, yes. the way that whole thing was handled. And James Comey saying, I sent two guys over there to have a chat. To, yeah. to, uh, mm -hmm. Didn't even warn, did he, did, tell him he didn't need a lawyer. Yes. Uh, I mean, yes. The, 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 yes. The, all this combined, any objective person would have to say, this was sleazy. Right. This, this whole thing of... Uh, and, and illegal. <laughs> Not yes. just sleazy, it's criminal. It's and criminal. that's what Durham is getting to. Yes. And, it's, yes. I, and I, the, you know, we've all been critical, at least most of us have been critical of the, how long this is taking with John Durham uh, and Abe. But it seems to me he's got a... He's got a a web of deceit to untangle 
which takes a long time, especially when the people you're trying to come get to tell you stuff and come clean are, are not wanting to, are stalling, are not wanting to, uh, obvious, for obvious reasons, aren't wanting to uh, work with you. Yeah, and, and the, one of the major distinctions that has to be taken into consideration is that John Durham has to have hard evidence. He can't he can't go off, well, right. I think this happened, this maybe happened, I'm pretty sure this did happen. He has to be able to affirmatively prove it in a court of law. You can't right. indict Michael Sussman this isn't if you a, don't he, have the he evidence. He isn't a TV show host. or No, <laughs> right. or a radio show host or yeah. anything else, yeah. He has and to, to answer your question about how Sussman can just stroll in, this is right to your point about the deep state. Michael Sussman himself is a former DOJ lawyer. Before he became a partner at okay. Park Perkins Coley, That's how he, got he worked the at the DOJ. That's how he got in. So yeah. he's going to talk to his old buds. Yeah. Wow. Is uh, it any wonder? To, to, to quote from Ricky Ricardo, a lot of people have some splaining to do here. <laughs> is it any wonder Donald Trump, during his whole time, says, there's such corruption out there. I'm being spied on. Remember the Leslie Stahl interview at CBS? Yeah. Come, come now, Mr. Trump. Oh. You cannot prove anything that you're saying. Yeah, everything President Trump said about this and other things, and he wasn't always right, okay? Mm. But every time he made a statement based on information he had privy to or just a gut instinct that he had, uh, and you, when you're being spied on, after a while, things start, uh, you, you know, things start leaking into the press and you're going, who in the room leaked this? Well, yeah. maybe we're being spied on. But every time he said something about this, the press always came back with, President Trump said, without evidence. Right. Yes. Said, without evidence. Said, without evidence. Yes. Well, uh, that's all they ever said against him. Of course, they don't apply that same standard to Biden when he says the the, uh, the uh, vaccine can prevent you from getting COVID. They yeah. don't say, Biden said this today without, without evidence. evidence. Right. Yes. Uh, or anything like that. Uh, so we know. The complete double standard that's going on here. Thank you, Brother Abe. Thank you. Look forward to your show this afternoon, Abe. Thank you. You guys have a good one. Okay, you too. I should have said so long in Latin, but uh, <laughs> yes. I, didn't, I didn't want to embarrass anybody. You want to show here. off. Yeah. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.